Hi, welcome back to Hanging with the Hana Books, episode Havik. And today we have a special guest. We have Kwetsang Councilman Baron Owl. And today we're going to be discussing the proposed gold mine up at Indian Pass and uh, the Kwamani Spirit Run that's coming up March 20th. Our staff of Hana Books today consists of Willie White, Chris, and Zion White. Oh, yeah. If you want to hang with the Hana Books, just reach out to one of us. Or, uh, But all, all guests are welcome. You know, if you if you want have a topic you want us to talk about, you know, shoot us a message. Uh, we'd love to discuss it. If it's important to you, you know, it's important to us. Uh, we want to bring this community together. Uh, it's time that Fort Yuma, you know, puts itself back on the map. Uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done. All right. Well, today's Thursday, March 11th. This is hanging with the Hunna Pooks. We're in the Hunna Pook Hut. Today we have with us uh, our council, one of our council members, Mr. Farron Owl. Uh, Willie, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, wel- welcome to the Hanapuk Hut. Kamadak Mavak. Farron tells us that uh, he had something to do with uh, actually building this hut. Farron, why don't you share that little, that little <laughs> history with us? I spent a good day here mixing mud and straw together, and man, it was work. <laughs> and I only did, it looks like a six-foot by maybe eight-foot section, and... It's hard work building a mud house. No, you didn't have all that gray hair at that time, no, right? No, no. My <laughs> knees were good, too, then at that time. But, man, it, yeah, it was hard work. Yeah, we, we tried to kind of estimate it with Uncle, and we think that this place is probably around 40, maybe 50 years old. Could be, yeah. yeah. Some, that's some years, but it's, here it is standing, and it's a little chilly out today, but in here it feels pretty nice, so... You know, we're glad that you could come join us and sit down and hang out with the Hana Books. Yeah. We, we uh, in our last episode, we talked about, you know, uh, what's going on over there in Indian Pass and um, some of the threats. And it's not just Indian Pass. You know, we face threats in our landscapes directly to our reservation and beyond our borders, you know, helping our relatives even in, you know, other territories as well. But, you know, here this one's close to home. And so we wanted to invite you in and, you know, share with us some of your, you know, your thoughts. We're, you know, very supportive. We saw a flyer recently about uh, a run that's coming up uh, here right in Fort Yuma. Uh, and, you know, we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, what that's about and some of the people involved and, you know, what we're, what we're after. Sure. It's, first of all, it's an honor to be here with you guys and to share a little bit information and uh, laugh a little bit. But more importantly, uh, Talking about an issue that that's uh, affecting that could affect our tribe, you know, drastically in, in our ancient ways, and so when we start talking about Indian past and what's out there and w- what do we do as a tribe, those issues are all important. You know, what do we collect and how do we use it? That's you know, and our elders know, and people, and even the younger people know what's out there. So it's always good to to share that. It's, they're good stories out there, but. Um, you know, this started basically uh, from uh, Preston Arrowweed and his Mutt Pipa Foundation. And, uh, you know, one day we were just sitting and talking and he was saying that you need to get involved. You need to, you know, voice your opinion. And, you know, and, and basically, you know, once once I got elected to consul, and it, it, it was an issue, but I didn't know how. You know, and I told Preston, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, we can vote in as a consul and support you. Yeah, but that's basically it because nothing's really taking place yet. But he said, you know, we need to take a stance. And so that kind of put that in my head. And then uh, once um, Consul agreed to, to help and to support it, uh, that put a bug in my ear. And basically, I went back to Preston. I said, Preston, the only thing I could do is, is basically sponsor or help put on a um, spirit run. Mm-hmm. 
And um, basically, um, that's how it got started from that point on. And I said, the spirit one, and we talked about that and what the purpose of it is and the, maybe the spirituality of it and what, what can get out of it. But more importantly, uh, it came down to, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know about Indian Pass and what, what can happen out there with the gold mine. And uh, so that issue came up. So, And then I'm sure there's a lot of tribal members that don't know what's going on now. So that run will basically inform people more and, you know, saying this could happen and you, we need you to, you know, stand up and take a stance, you know, and help us and to preserve everything that's out there and because it's important and it's our ancestors and, you know, like the old stories we hear, our ancestors are still out there. So, you know, even, even the past that you go out there and there's a bunch of paths that we've taken out there that are still out there. And, um, you know, you just think about all the warriors, the, the Kwamanese that, that went out there. And so, you know, we get to follow that path or we get to be near that path. And if there's spirit still out there, you're going to absorb some of it. So that's important. Yeah, I'm glad to see you here because I heard that if you walk in certain paths, you can go to a different place, time zone. Because, uh, <laughs> I don't know, that's a old tale I heard. Uh, if you go on one of those paths and like, ooh, you're somewhere else. Well, I I, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that because I think if you can go out there and, you know, if you want to call it meditate or prayer or whatever you call it, I think you can absorb some of that. And you can go home and I think you can actually dream about things. And, you know, the dreams could actually forecast your future or tell you something that what you can do. And it's kind of, to a sense, it opens doors for you. And I think that's what modern Quetzans do. You know, we go out there and we meditate, we pray and in hopes that we, we see something or, or hear something in a positive way and, and we come back and, and we share it. So, True. Yeah, you, you know, you touched on so many topics uh, as far as, you know, the reason why, but I guess most about, mostly it's about awareness because, as you say, you know, a lot of people don't, they're not aware, you know, they haven't, you know, been, you know, how many people know that the tribe's already defeated a gold mine out there, you know, once, you know, and it wasn't just the tribe, it was, you know, the tribe, the United Nations, the state of California, the Bureau of Land Management, all these groups came together because it was wrong then and it's wrong now. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to uh, Uncle Preston about it, uh, you know, a couple days ago and, you know, we were talking about the changes in the administration, you know, the, the, the federal administration with Biden and, you know, with hopefully the um, appointment of Deb Holland and, you know, these things that it might be likely that uh, this gold mine, especially with Quetzal rising up and, you know, thanks to you and, you know, people like Uncle and, you know, all the tribal members who are putting themselves out there and, you know, going out there and gathering and such. Uh, that, that they see the front coming and they may just go dormant, you know, for, you know, four years, five years until they can try and switch the politics. But, you know, I think the fight is very important regardless of how, you know, where it's at. And so I guess that's kind of the question is where are they actually at in this process of, you know, getting a permit to get out there and, and do a gold mine? As far as I know, they've applied for it. And I, I talked to BLM just uh, two days ago, and, and they acknowledged that. And so, and that's, you could say that's the starting stage because you're not sure really how much paperwork they've done and, and what they're really planning. And that's, I think that's where it comes down because it's kind of unknown. It's unknown to us. It's unknown to me. So, you know, we don't want to get caught off guard. So it's to that point now, if they're making an initial step, we need to take a bigger step, you know, and, and point out to people the importance of it. Yeah, it is. That's exactly right. Um, you know, when we we know, we understand the process and you know the application and you know that there's uh, 
responsibilities that the government, you know, California government, federal government has to, you know, to the tribes uh, as far as they call it consultation. Um, I don't think that, you know, we're at the stage yet of consultation between the Bureau of Land Management, but I think it's coming up, you know, as something that they're probably getting ready to schedule. Um, you know, what, are, what do you guys plan to say to the gold mine company when they go through that consultation process? I, I think it'd be to the point where once, once we see the paperwork, once they come, they have to come and address the consul or the tribe itself and, and let them know uh, by law and just say, this is what we're going to do. And so that option comes to us and seeing a yes or no. And obviously we're going to say no. Yeah, good. Um, what might be something worth protecting out at Indian Pass, like animals, plants? There's a lot out there. I mean, there, there, it's it's unbelievable to say, you know, there's just rocks and it's desert. I, mean, I hear a lot of people say that, and I say, no, you, you got to just go and stand out there and just observe, number one. And once you start observing things, and then you'll see. You'll see the, the plants, the animals, the tortoises, and all those guys are out there. You know, the bighorn sheep are out there. But but more importantly, when you if you kind of have an idea where those trails go, you know why were we walking out there? What was the purpose of us going out there? You know when you follow Indian Pass or you go near Indian Pass, especially if you drop down the hill from that point on, you know where were they going? Either they're going to Parker or they're going back to Picacho or they're going towards San Diego or towards um, um, Indio. Yeah. So you could say, man, it was the way I tell people, and I said that's like a freeway out there. I mean, there was a lot of people moving around out here, going places. And so, but I also believe it was a very special place, spirituality for, for our Quetzal people. So if you want to support the Hana books, uh, you can reach out to Muttpipa Foundation and uh, make a contribution. Uh, it'll keep this podcast going and, uh, you know, help us buy some more uh, modern equipment. Um, obviously, we have, you know, enough to get it going today, uh, but the more the merrier and we want to keep it going so uh pay us some support we would be very appreciative i want to touch on that a little bit um uh, in terms of the preservation aspect of it and into why as to why it is you know it's important to protect this area the not only trails are you know artifacts out there geoglyphs out there and um it's all of the trails that you know are out there the human trails i it was touched on a previous episode but i want to say it while we have our council member here that you know it, it might not even be for this lifetime that we're protecting this piece of land. It might be for after we're gone, you know, because our spirit uses the same earth to want uh, to walk. So these these trails, you know, we rely on them to still be here to uh, show us how to get to and from sp- uh, spiritual places that, you know, we hold near and dear to our heart as Quetzal people that other people might not, you know, get or feel that because they don't know the history behind these these places that we hold, you know, close to us. But I, I just wanted to touch on that. But um uh, one other question we had is, um, how do you think the rest of the council might feel about the project or about the area itself? I, I think they're all in agreement with uh, the like the word you said, preservation. Uh, that is a major word because when you're talking about us right now, we're, we're thinking about the unborn, right. you know, the, the ones that are coming up, the Kutsans. And that's where that history falls into. So when they all understand that, and which I know they do, it becomes a, a all agreement and say, hey, we agreed to stop this, you know, and we're going to take a stance when it comes to it. If they get more permits and they start digging and now that's going to turn into a real serious issue. And that's when I know a lot more Kutsans would stand up. But right now, I, I think we need to voice our our concern about it. 
I agree to that for sure. Um, we we did hear that you went out there. We you know we've all we've all been out there as well. But did you see anything? Um, you know, evidence of the mining company out there already? Are they like staking sites and like starting to kind of lay out their plans? I mean, if they're already doing that, you know, they're they're assuming you know that they're going to be victorious and. You know, how, you know, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, we, we've gone out there. In fact, I was out there two weeks ago. We went to, to the trail, but um, they have a lot of markers out there where the projection of the mine's going to go. They're, they have actually done sample digging already. And uh, so it's it's just to that point where you're becoming aware, hey, this somebody's making a big plan here. They've already surveyed everything. They've already dug these things. And so they found what they want. To, they're looking for so mm-hmm. now it's to that point where they're going to go back and do their paperwork, and all of a sudden we're going to see major holes out there, you know, and them getting that gold dust and, you know, tearing up what they, you know, which is to us is sacred. Yeah. You you look at the, you know, the modern modernization of mining, and now and they're using all these, you know, unmanned, you know, operated, you know, heavy machinery and digging, but they're still, you know, physically digging, you know, trenches down into the into the ground. I mean, we were reading stuff that they're talking about 80 stories. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just straight down, you know, and it's just terrible. Yeah. And especially when they, once they dig, they they can't repair it. And they'll say they'll put the dirt back, but it's not going to look the same. So if you go out there now and you look at the desert and you look at the, the beautiful desert, I would say, and then to see them and how they approach it and how they dig and how they reset everything that they try to, uh, it doesn't work because there's another gold mine uh, pretty close to northwest of it, a mesquite mine. Mm. And you can go out there now and just see how they built all their berms to a sense. And those things are big. You know, they're, they're big dirt piles is all they are. And, you know, you know there's a big hole in the ground right next to it. And that's the way Indian Pass is going to look that way. It's scary to think of. And, and we know, like, you know, as far as the entry-level understanding of the process, that they, they use heavy chemicals and they, you know, spray the, the chemicals mixed with water, you know, our water, into the ground and, you know, to disturb the ground so that it's easier for them to dig. And, you know, those chemicals are going, you know, into the ground, right, into the water tables. I mean, here we have, they say, billions of dollars worth of agriculture coming out of this Yuma Valley, including Fort Yuma, Quetzal, our reservation. you got to think that those waters are at risk as well. And, you know, I think that's part of the reason why this awareness is so important because people, you know, it's in, it's, you know, far off, you know, some people are concerned about artifacts and sacred sites, but there's even more to it than that. Right. You're, you look at that when they start using the the poison, the chemicals and they use, that, that ground is destroyed for at least 100 years. And so once that happens, you know, we can't use it and we have no access to it because if you look even at Picacho, their mind, what they did there. They're strip mining. Um, now it's they're all fenced up, and you say, you know, do not poison. enter. Yeah, do right. not enter. Poison, you know, and so mm-hmm. that's gone. It's done. So in, in our case, once they do that, and they'll fence it up and just say you cannot enter here, and so it's things that we don't want to see. Can people go in there, or is it really just closed off? Um, the Picacho mine? Yeah. It's fenced. I think it's like a eight-foot fence all around it. It's, it's got it's, video it's surveillance. I mean, it's yeah. top-notch. Yeah. Because yeah. they're liable. If if someone goes in there and falls in one of their crevices, then you yeah. know, they have to worry about what to happen. And Or if someone gets sick, you know, because True. of what yeah. they've been using out there. I never tried going in. <laughs> so, yeah, Me I was either. just wondering, like, oh, can we Yeah, and not, not only that land, but then you're also looking at the chemicals that they use that goes into the groundwater. 
I mean, the desert up here is a little bit higher than our area here because the river's right next to us. So where does that water go? You know that they use that well, with all that poison. Well, it's going to seep into the underground, and then it's going to come into our water table here eventually. True. And so, like like you said about the the farming portion of it, and it's not who eats the food from the farming. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. So it's not something that's going to happen right away. You know, you're talking maybe 20 years down the road, and the people will be affected by it. Then people will end up developing cancer, and yeah. so there's a lot of health issues that that come with it. And uh, it's not like right now, but it, eventually it eventually, will. That's yeah. why so I was saying that the protection portion of it is like the unborn children because that's that's our history coming up. And they, I don't think they understand that. It's more important right now is getting the gold out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a real uh, conversation uh, to be had that with, you know, interplanetary uh, travel being a real possibility with reusable rockets and, you know, people, it seems like the modern world's in such a fast pace uh, of emotion that they're not necessarily worried about what they leave behind on, on this this world, you know. But I think us Eskutsan people uh, maintain the belief that we should always be here. So we got to protect what we have as people and, you know, any way we can because we, we're still going to be here, you know, despite, you know, what the modern world might do. Because although we have to be a part of it, I think we're uh, spiritually and religiously separate, you know, because some of us do hold certain beliefs and, like I said, uh, certain attachments to the actual mountains that we still have here because we have names to them and call them different names. And there's a lot of history behind those mountains that uh, a modern person might not know, a non-Indian person or non-Quetan person. But I think it's, it's important to, like I said, uh, uh, protect the resources we have here. Yeah, lines. and the good thing about it, like in your case for your job, you're able to go and look at petroglyphs. And if you, you look at the stories of the petroglyphs, somebody went over there. There's a story that each rock has. It doesn't matter what image they put up there, but there's a story that follows it. And it would be nice to if we could decipher all those stories and say, wow, you know, those, those, those warriors came through here. And this is what they told that story. And they left it here for us to hopefully learn one of these days. But uh, you know, those are those are special items. You know, every one of those. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, I know uh, Zion will tell you. You know, that, and because I've see, we've seen them too. Some of us that have been out there, that you see the same the same markings. You know, in different areas, and that's you know basically symbol, symbolizing that you know this is these are all the places that we've been because we know that you know we know our connection to those those markings and to see them everywhere and you know basically understand our you know our migration patterns and 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 you know where where we set up, you know, villages and, you know, our people lived, uh, you know, that also is places where, you know, people, when, when, in our way, when we, you know, get to the end of our lives, you know, you leave that place and you're not supposed to go back there. You're supposed to leave it, you know, the way it was, mm-hmm. you know, there and, and move on. And there were reasons why they would move, you know, sickness or, you know, they couldn't get enough water or food, you know, they found a better place, but sometimes it was for the other reasons. And, you know, we don't know now, present right. time, you know, what we're walking into and, you know, there's there's just some things you shouldn't you shouldn't mess with. Right. And so when you look at that, even like the modern times now and you, you see the petroglyphs, you see our trails. But more importantly, like when I went out there last couple of weeks ago, but then I also went back out there in December. Um, when I went out there in December, I, I was actually near a trail. But in front of me, that trail that somebody had the, their little buggy, they went right through the trail and they mm-hmm. threw a Brody right in front of that trail. And and. The desert out there, it's the rocks are only probably about maybe two inches. That's it on the ground. They're just sitting on the ground. Right after that, it's just like powdered dirt, you know. And so once you go over it with tire tracks, it's gone. It's destroyed for good. And so people, 
don't realize that, you know, maybe from the lack of understanding or uh, the lack of appreciation of a culture. So they just see, oh, well, we're riding our buggy having fun. There's no signs out there. BLM needs to put signs out there, you know, for even for the petroglyphs. You know, I've seen where people have taken the petroglyphs home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, even if it's a rock slate, yeah. they'll, they'll chip it off and take it with yeah. it, you know. And so those things are wrong, but, you know, people just don't understand how important those things are to us. And uh, so it's not, you know, so when we start talking about, Items like the gold mine, there's a, there's a lot more issues that apply to to our responsibility to take care of that ground out there. Yeah. I always wonder, too, about that, like, uh, you know, the value of the names, like how many geographs that got destroyed by making that. Or just the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's probably, like, tons of things we probably never see again. And right. It just got destroyed out. Mm-hmm. Just leaving a legacy, I guess, your name right there. Oh, Chris was here. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You better go racing. Yeah. Oh man, I, I, I saw I that one. <laughs> so being hypocritical. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely. You know, these are the reasons why. You know, we wanted to have this podcast. We wanted to try and bring these these topics to the surface so that people could hear about them and you know get some of their own perspectives. Hear it from other Quetzans. You know that these are the things. You know, not everybody has an Uncle Preston. You know that they can call up and you know bother. You know whatever. Uh, so, you know, it's important that we're we're doing what we can to try and, you know, connect everybody together around this the same thing. And I think that that unity and awareness and understanding that we are all connected to that place and this is how we're connected. And it won't be everybody. You know, there's a lot of modern, you know, Quetzans out there that, you know, they're they're living their lives and they're happy. And that's fine. You know, we want that for everybody, happiness. But for some of us, you know, we've found so much knowledge and wisdom and, you know, understandings about everything from our landscapes to ourselves, you know, into the afterlife uh, from those places. And so we want to, you know, out of respect, try and preserve them. Yeah. When, so when you talk to people like Preston, but also other elders in the reservation, mm-hmm. you talk to them and you explain what couldn't happen. And, you know, they, they, their response is almost like they're hurt. You know, it, it makes them sad. It makes them feel bad. And so the question turns around like to me and to guys like you and say, what can you do? What, what what stance can you do? You know, you you can't go to violence, but you want to make a stance. And so, you know, kind of look at the run and say, well, that's maybe our first baby step of a stance. And so what's next? You know, what do we do next? And that's we'll come to back to our tribal members and, and basically say, hey, you know, what do we do? What do we do as a tribe next? What do we do in, in helping each other stand up for this? Yeah, yeah, I I think it's great. I think it's good for the people that we're trying or you guys are trying to do something. Yeah, yeah in the run, I, I, it's not me. It's, yeah. it's, it's everybody. The console is going to help, you know, and then the people that participate. And not everybody can participate. We understand that. So guys like you and say, hey, I'm going to run for grandma. You know, I'm, I'm going to go break some sweat for her, you know, and just, just to try to help her make, feel, make her feel good today. I'll go back tomorrow and complain that I'm all sore and everything else. But, <laughs> but, you know, at least she understands, hey, you know, thank you, grandson, for getting out there and trying to help the tribe. But more importantly, you're going out there and dip, putting yourself and your efforts into it to, to make something happen. So I, I know you'll small step. I know you'll appreciate this. Uh, as soon as the the date, which is March 20th for the run, uh, was publicized and we saw the flyer and, you know, we were pretty, pretty you know, stoked to see that, that coming out. 
we we all kind of looked at each other like, man, we're not in very good shape. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Almost everybody I've talked to so far is, oh, we haven't been outside because of the pandemic. <laughs> and, yeah, I, and I just laugh. That's, that's, hey. that's why. And I said, the only running I've been doing is to the refrigerator and back. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so. yeah, so, I mean, but thanks to you, you know, we actually, it actually got us off of our butts. You know, we went out there and started, you know, kind of reconnecting with some just, some easy, easy trails, you know, some simple hikes and, you know, just trying to <laughs> test ourselves. And, you know, surprisingly, yeah, we are out of shape. So. <laughs> 25 years ago, um, you know, I took a group of students and we went and did a stance of saying no to Ward Valley. Mm. And we did a run from here all the way to Ward Valley. And that was unbelievable. I mean, it, but it was good because uh, we ran from here to Parker and then Parker joined up with us and basically went on to needles from that point on. But man, that, that was something that I, I'll never forget. And all those young guys that participated with us, like even Charles Escalani, who, who ran with us, you know. And so it, it's all cool and to, to, because he could tell, tell, tell the story. He said, remember when we went behind Picacho Peak and we got lost? Because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of trails back there. Yeah, you yeah. can't follow one trail. So it's, it's, it's funny, but at the same time, it's something they learned. You know, and if it was from Preston or from the, the Mojave elders and told them the story, how important that ground is. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that they're going to carry for the rest of their lives. And so, you know, small things, like I said, the baby step. If more people did baby steps as we go on, it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So what do you uh, what do you hope that the ultimate outcome is um, in this round? You know, I know you say the baby steps and, you know, starting it. But, you know, what do you what are you hoping that that happens? I think, uh, you know, I, you can't say a lot's going to happen. I just hope people just kind of just become aware of it. That, that's all it is. Like, this is just a baby step and say, just become aware of it, you know, because eventually if it does happen, then we, we as a tribe really need to take a stance on that. And that's, and that's going to be a serious issue then yeah. because we, by then we, everybody hopefully has a little understanding of what can happen out in that desert, you know. Yeah, you talked about the Ward Valley run. I bet you guys, when you started that run, didn't know that you were going to be victorious. You know, you were just right. doing what you could to support it. And at the end of, you know, your, your trial there, you guys won. You know, you stopped a, a, you know, a nuclear dump site yeah, along they, with everybody else who participated. But, yeah, you know, that energy a, compounded on top of each they other. They just did a 25-year celebration, you know. So that, that's crazy to see that. I said, wow, man, that was a long time ago, you know. But it doesn't seem like it, but... You know, you think about what's what's going to happen 25 years from now. You know, young guys like this guy, you know, there's going to be more issues coming up. You know, these guys could back off knowing that the tribe's waking up to a sense. And they could back off. And four years from now, when there's another president, you know, he could come in and say, hey, you know, give everybody the rights to dig on that ground. And that issue will come right back to him as a young guy. And he say, hey, I remember when I went in that run, mm -hmm. that spirit run with those guys, they left me out there. No water. <laughs> so I swam down the river and made it back. Training the next generations, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Hanging with the Hana Books podcast. You can find new content on YouTube under Hana Book, X-A-N-A-P-U-K, or on your favorite streaming service under Hanging with the Haunted Books. Feel free to message any of us on your preferred social media as well.
Come on. 